from Mark chapter 2, it's verses 13 to 17. It says, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. There were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Thanks, Charis. Now we're going to head over to Phil, who's going to explain that for us. Brilliant. So um, it'd be good to have your, your Bibles open uh, in front of you as we, we look at that together. Um, I'm going to start by laying a bit of uh, context uh, for this, for the, just the, the, whole, the whole series in Mark. You see, Mark begins his biography, uh, Mark chapter one, verse one, uh, with these words. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the son of God. Which is a pretty big statement to put at the beginning of a biography, isn't it? Uh, Imagine uh, Kanye West um, beginning his biography with that sentence. I mean, it's not difficult to imagine because he's the sort of person who would. But um, uh, what, what Mark is doing is he's setting out to show why he thinks this is the real McCoy. This is the real deal. This is God the Son come in human flesh. And as you read through Mark's account, what you realise is he doesn't want us just to go wow about Jesus. He wants us to see that Jesus is God and he has come so that we can know God personally. So so tonight's story is about... um, a man called Levi and a bunch of people who met Jesus. And there's a sense in which Levi didn't just meet Jesus in the same way that one would meet the queen or a statesman. He meets Jesus and actually invites Jesus into his life. Just as Jesus had invited Levi into his life. And and because this is a story about people who met Jesus, then the invitation is for us to meet Jesus too. And if we accept his invitation to meet with him, we will find also that he invites us to know him personally, just like the people in our story did. Now, now listen, stories about people are something we all love. It's often fascinating to hear why people are the way they are and fascinating to hear about their life experiences, the way their lives have been shaped by circumstances, and other people. And in this sense, because Christianity is about the story of a person, it's actually unique amongst religions and philosophy. So philosophy, for example, is ultimately about impersonal ideas. Atheism is ultimately about impersonal chance. And religion and mythology is about impersonal morals. Christianity is about the very personal story of God coming into this world personally and meeting with us personally. And because Christians have met Jesus personally, it means that every Christian has a story to tell about him. We have a personal story about our encounter with the living God. 
And there's a kind of twofold purpose as to why we need this. Uh, we need to hear this story about Jesus tonight. The first reason we need to hear this story is because it reminds us that our own personal story about God is also unique and shareable, just like Levi's was. And secondly, we need to hear it to ask ourselves whether or not we need whether or not we know God and whether he's come into our lives personally and changed us personally, just like it changes Levi in our story. And that brings us to our first point. It's simply this. Jesus invites Levi uh, to follow him. So so uh, in, in the in the story of the book of Mark, Jesus is at the height of his fame in, in this passage. Um, chapter one and, and the first part of chapter two records that Jesus has healed the sick. He's raised the dead. He's told disease to stop and the demonic to be silent. Everything he does is amazing. And we're told in these in the verses previous to our chapter, uh, to, to our passage this evening, everyone's praising God because of him. It's amazing. And then look at verse 14 to see what Jesus does at the beginning of our section. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. Now, now, you've got to imagine the hype that surrounds Jesus by this time. Again, Mark has said in chapter one and two that Jesus has burst on the scene scene with, with incredible authority and incredible power. It seems he can do no wrong. He's wholesome. He's used the right words. He got, he's got supreme power. If he lived now, there would be sponsors lining up to have his face on their products. He would have broken the internet with hashtag Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus does something that completely destroys the innocent farm boy image. Because as he walks along, he sees a tax collector. And in his next action, he commits social media suicide. Jesus invites the tax collector to join him. Jesus deliberately picks out Levi over everybody else he could have chosen and invites Levi to join his disciples. I I, I can't stress enough that as an up-and-coming religious icon, Jesus couldn't have made a more serious mistake. The whole God claim thing he was working on took the hugest hit as he invited Levi to join him. And that's because whereas today HMRC is merely disliked, in Jesus's day, tax collectors were hated in a whole different category of hatred. For one, they were taking taxes for the Roman occupiers of their country. That's just treason, full stop. But even worse, they usually overcharged people and kept the extra money for themselves. History tells us that such was the common hatred for tax collectors, that in the fourth century AD, when the Roman Empire was shrinking, the first people to be lynched when the Romans left a town were the tax collectors there. So what was Jesus thinking about when he invites Levi to follow him? What was he thinking? What planet was he on? And then just as you thought the gaffe couldn't have been worse, Jesus goes one step further. And he accepts Levi's invitation to sit down for a meal. And then we're told that loads of other sinners joined them. I I hope we're kind of getting that feeling of, of the outrageousness of what Jesus does here. Good people, good people were left outside in the cold 
wondering what to do. Whilst inside, Jesus was eating and chatting with gang leaders, with rapists, with tax collectors. Why does Mark tell this story? What's going on? If he's trying to convince people that Jesus is God, this is not the way to go about it, is it? God is not meant to hang out with the Jeffrey Epsteins of this world. But Mark is using this story, this storytelling device to invite us into the story, to be personal about responding to Jesus. Because that's what the story does, it invites us to respond to Jesus. And here's the invitation. Who do we identify with in this story? And, and it may not be that straightforward. But more or less, who, who do we see ourselves, where do we see ourselves fitting in in this story? Do we see ourselves, for example, sitting amongst the rapists and gang leaders and tax collectors inside the house? Or do we expect Jesus to finish up and come out outside to nicer people like us for a while? If truth be told, if I were in the story, I'd like to be in the house with Jesus. But I wouldn't be like, but I wouldn't like to be sat next to Jeffrey Epstein. And, And that tells me a lot about how I see myself. It also says this story exposes how we all see ourselves, because the truth is, whoever we are, it's very easy to expect Jesus to be with us amongst people like us. It's much harder to say that I need to go and sit with the people that Jesus sits with to identify with people that he identifies with, the the sort of people that I like to judge. And I have to do that if I want to sit with Jesus which means that Mark tells this story to show us that Jesus has come for people who understand his terms of friendship. And Jesus's terms of friendship is that he invites us into his story, not the other way around. And if we genuinely understand our place in his story, then we understand how amazing it is that he is willing to sit with people like us, people like Levi, people like all the sinners in that room. And Mark's wanting us to properly ask ourselves, do we see ourselves before God as on the same level as Levi and his friends, as Hitler, as Jimmy Savile, as Myra Hindley, as road rage offenders, as tax evaders, as porn addicts? Do we see our hearts as the same? If we don't, the only place for us is outside the feast, grumbling at a saviour who doesn't do God on our terms. Now, I know that's a shocking thing to hear, just as it's, uh, and just as it's a shocking thing to hear, it was shocking for the people of Jesus' day to see Jesus sitting in that house. But, but we need to hear this this, more, this, this evening. And we'll see why in a moment. And it leads on to the second point, really. Um, The second point is Jesus invites all sinners to follow him. Jesus invites all sinners to follow him. Look at verse 15 to 17 with me. It says this, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law 
who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, I want you to picture what's going on at, at this point. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the time. In our day, they, they, they were the equivalent of a bunch of local vicars or, or church leaders. But they were standing outside Levi's house and they were confused. Jesus should have been with them. He should have been, in their minds, the cool, hip, trendy young rabbi who would make religion cool for the younger generation. But Jesus was not with them. And Jesus, it's kind of like the the trail is followed. They talk to the disciples. The disciples get the message to Jesus and Jesus comes out and he talks to them. But this is what he says to them. It's, It's not an invitation to come in. It's simply a rebuke. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. Verse 17, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, by sitting with Levi and the sinners, Jesus's message to the world was simple. He had time for people who realized they need him. Now, just to explain, Jesus is making two points here about what it means to be righteous. The first point is, is, is quite simple. Basically, it's on the, on, the, on the truism that no one is right before God. In other words, no one is righteous. So Jesus makes the point that if a doctor has come, then it's because people are sick and need, need her help. That's true, isn't it? A doctor's not going to knock on the door of a healthy person's house and say, hello, I've just come to watch you for a few minutes. If the doctor's come, it means people are ill and they need her help. In the same way, if God has come to this world, then people in this world are spiritually not right with God and they need God's help. That's the simple point that Jesus is making. We are all spiritually sick. And we need Jesus, the sole doctor, to make us right with God. Get in line, he's saying. Get your little appointment with the sole doctor. Let him help. But the other point that Jesus makes when he says he's not come for the righteous is a bit more sarcastic. You see, he means that although everyone is unrighteous, not right with God, some people think they don't need him. They think they're righteous. And that's why Jesus gives them that sarcastic label of righteous, because they believe they don't need the spiritual doctor. Those righteous people believe they can heal themselves, make themselves right with God by being good or moral or judging others as worse than themselves. They don't feel the need for God's saviour, God's sole doctor. Which means when Jesus talks about the righteous in this way. He's teaching He's come to call the sinners, those who know that they are morally and spiritually bankrupt, unable to save themselves and deal with their own sin before God. And the people around that table, they knew they were sinners. 
They knew they were morally and spiritually bankrupt. And Jesus was happy to go into their houses and help them because they knew they needed him. That's the kind of God he is. He's come to bring the kingdom of God to those kinds of people. Because just like a proper doctor who goes to sick patients, God, a proper God, a real God, the true and living God goes out to sinners in this world. The people who have ignored God and know it, the people who have rejected God and know it, the people who who are ashamed of the direction of their lives and cry out to God to be released from it. Those are the people whom God has come for. And Jesus has come to sit with them and invite them into his story. And that's the challenge. If God has come to this world, it means that we need his care. But Mark's question is, are we sinners or are we righteous? Do we believe we need Jesus daily? to deal with our hearts? Or do you think we can sort it out ourselves? How do we know whether we are sinners or not, or whether we think we're sinners or not? A good way to work that out is to ask whether we are living with Jesus in our lives daily, like those sat at the table in the story. Just read the story again. Ask yourself, do you really think that Levi would have finished the meal, taken his plates to the sink, washed his hands up, shaken Jesus' hand, and then the following morning, gone down to Widow Thomas's house to demand money from her that she didn't have like the tax collector he used to be. Do you really think he went to that kind of, that kind of lifestyle? No. he just met Jesus. And actually what happened next is that he stopped his life of extortion and exploitation and followed Jesus. He ditched it all and followed Jesus. He gave up everything he couldn't keep for that which he could not lose. He met Jesus. And like Levi, if we truly meet Jesus, our lives will change. Yes, we'll let him down. Yes, we'll sin more. Yes, we'll behave badly at times. But when we do, we'll go back to the table where we met him at first and we will confess our sin and ask him for the strength to follow him more wholeheartedly. That's the mark of the true sinner. Repentance and following Jesus daily. The righteous, on the other hand, don't have that personal story to tell. The righteous believe they can deal with their sin by themselves. They'll say sin is dealt with by being as good as we can and thanking God daily that we're not the rapists, the gang leaders, and the tax collectors of the world. For the righteous, Jesus is at best a convenient yardstick of morality. At worst, Jesus is a hypocrite. It might be that we do God, but the righteous will only do God when he comes to us on our terms. The righteous will only do God when it's working for us. But please, they'll say, don't expect a modern Jesus to get all moral on us or ask us to change our fun. Do you get the picture? The sinner sees they need Jesus. The righteous person doesn't need, doesn't see the need to sit down with him and have their lives shaped by him. And that's what's, what Mark is challenging us to consider this evening. He wants us to, to genuinely just weigh up our lives and realize that we are sick, spiritually sick. And we need Jesus, the son of God, to call us. He wants us to have a story just like Levi had a story about meeting Jesus.
And just like Levi ended up being called Matthew, he's, he's so changed by Jesus that he changed his name. He, he went by the name Matthew from this point on. And he goes on to actually write one of the biographies of Jesus in the Bible, the, the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. Mark wants us to be in that place where, where Levi was, living changed lives and unable to stop talking about our personal story of a time when Jesus came and said, follow me. Let's sit down at the table and, and, and chat it through. So let me read again this, this challenging words. Verse 17, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I hope this evening's, uh, this evening's passage has challenged us to think whether we consider ourselves a sinner or not. And, and tonight, if you've realised that you need to ask Jesus into your life like Levi does, then this is a good time to pray. It's a good time to talk to Jesus. I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer. You might want to say, say it with me. It, it just invites Jesus into our lives and, and, and says, look, Lord, I, I've been an idiot. Please forgive me. I, I've been a rebel. Please forgive me. Let me, let me pray it now. And, and if you, if you want to pray it, do so just quietly in your own heart. Uh, because we all have a personal story. And maybe tonight, this is your personal story. I heard about a bloke called Levi in the Bible. And Jesus changed him amazingly. And I want that too. If you want that, then listen, I'm going to pray. Pray it in your hearts. And then um, give me a call after or Dan or, or, or Andy or, or Adam. Um, we, we'd love to go through this little booklet called Two Ways to Live. Uh, it's just a really clear explanation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And it'll help you understand what you need to do next if you want to become a friend of Christ and sit at his table. So I'm going to pray that now. And then after that, I'll, I'll hand back to Adam. Lord Jesus Christ, I recognise that you are God and you have the right to control my life and change my life. I've rebelled against you and confessed that I am a sinner like Levi. I'm sorry for the way that I have lived and I ask you that you would forgive me as best I can. I want to change my mind about you. I want to change my life from rebelling against you and instead I want to follow you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making this prayer possible by dying on the cross and taking away my sin. Please come into my life. Please take away my sin, my rebellion against you, and please be my God and sit at my table and change my life just like you changed Levi's. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.